Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. Kayla Lords here with the Smut Lancers podcast. Back again for another week with my dear, darling, wonderful friend, Molly Moore. Hello, Molly. Hi. This week, we are doing what we call our mailbag episode. We are answering your questions and we got some good ones. And also, I learned a lesson. Send out the please give me your questions at 6 a.m. before I've had coffee when my eyes are not open yet and ye shall receive. Uh-huh. <laughs> It works. So we are going to jump straight into these. We have several questions. We want to try and get through them all. Um, In cases where we have talked about this topic in the past, we are going to tell you we have talked about this topic in the past. And here is a link to get more information. So I'm just going to kind of go down the list we've got here and I'll read them and we shall see what we see. So uh, Kitten Merlot at Kitten Merlot on Twitter asked, when I sent out the thing that said, hey, do you have questions about writing content, growing an audience, staying motivated, whatever, whatever, earning money? Um, asked the questions. Her question was, what is your advice for doing any of the things you mentioned while you have another full-time job? We both have thoughts, but I'll let Molly go first. So, yeah, I mean, I think my one thing which we've said before is if you have very limited time, produce content above and beyond anything else. Just keep producing content. Um, because without that, it doesn't matter if you spend hours doing all the other stuff. If you're not actually writing content or producing content, whatever that may be, whether it's blog posts or whatever, then it's all a waste of time. So put the most amount of your time into making content. And then after that, if you, um, like all the tips and stuff we've ever talked about, like everything, my two things I would say is do good, the best SEO that you can do in the time that you have got. And if you've done rubbish in the past, just start being better today and focus on perhaps one area of building an audience. So be like, you know what? I'm going to make sure that every day I spend this amount of time on Twitter or I'm just going to focus my time on Instagram or Reddit or I'm just going to focus my spare time on pitching somewhere now and then. So like whatever the thing is you feel like you want, like pick one thing and be like, I've got very limited time. I'm going to be, I'm going to give myself, I'm going to do three months on this and see what difference that makes. That would be my advice. And you give actually good advice because my thought was uh, stop thinking you have to do it all. Uh, if I could give advice to any smut lancer out there, any wannabe smut lancer out there, any long-term smut lancer out there, I don't care if you're like me and your entire life is devoted to this, you can do it full-time, or if you're like Kitten Merlot and a lot of other people, which is you only have 
an hour a day, maybe if you're lucky to devote to it, get it out of your head right now that you are supposed to do everything you see. And this is the hardest one. This is the tough love from, you know, Mama Kayla here. Stop thinking that every single idea you have is when you have to jump on right now. Create a space to write down your ideas so they live on after you've thought them. Map them out, outline them if you want to, just jot them down in a list. I don't care what your method is, but you only have so much time in a day. And if you've already got another full-time job, you've got even less time in the day. So forgive yourself now for being human and not being able to do it all. Do exactly what Molly said, which I think is just good life advice in general. I'm going to start doling out whatever Molly said. I want you to do whatever Molly said. Uh, <laughs> focus on content first and foremost, um, and then pick a thing. And yes, I think that's perfect advice of like a three-month time period. Give yourself a set amount of time to try something. Get good at it. Get kind of comfortable with it. See how it works. If it works and you like it, keep doing it. If it doesn't, trash it. Try something else. But stop telling yourself that all the things you're not doing is somehow a failure on your part and you should be trying to do all of the things. None of us can do all of the things. I have notebooks upon notebooks of ideas and I write them down so that if I find the time, if I'm looking around for what am I going to do next, they're there. I have not forgotten them, but they're not my focus right now. So right. Yes. Also, just do what Molly says. Perfect life advice right there. I can think of nothing better. Okay, so I'm going to move on to our next question. And this one is from Sweet Girl. On Twitter, she is at Sweet Girl underscore MRH. And this actually ties in with last week's episode a little bit. Uh, what's the best way to promote your content using hashtags, tweeting, writing guest posts? Are some keywords more productive and how do you find them? Now that's a really big topic and I think we probably need to do something just on keywords alone in the future. But yeah. first answer I'll say before Molly gives her answer, cause I know she's got some good ones, is go listen to our last episode. That is chock yeah. full of information. It will be linked in the show notes. After that, based on the question Sweet Girl asked, what say you, Molly Moore? Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot we could do here. And I would also say that look back for an episode we did, which was about social media, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and because I think we've answered lots of those questions there about different things. Um, so I would absolutely go and listen to that episode too. Um, and we will definitely need to talk more about keywords um, and how you find them. Like, that's an episode. Um, so um, one thing I would say about hashtags is um, they used to be like hot potatoes and were the thing that you absolutely should do. And increasingly it appears, having done quite a lot of reading, that they're generally being used less and less and less by what I call genuine readers. Not totally, but like very, that mostly that they're not being used um, in the way that we kind of wish they were. Um, unless it's big like topics or really hot news. So they're being used in that sense. So say, like, you know, there's like, um, like, I don't know, um, Somebody really famous suddenly announces that they're going to get married. 
Like that, there'll be a hashtag for that. And lots of people will click on it to go and read what people are saying about that thing. It'll be super hot for maybe 12 hours and then nobody will ever look at it again. So in that sense, people are using it to find out information about that particular thing as a kind of almost as a source of news for like things that are happening right then and there. But generally as a source of like, oh, I want to find content about say pegging, for example, is probably not being used a great deal. That doesn't mean you can't try using them um, a little bit, but mostly I have found them to not be hugely productive in that way. And my other top tip is be really cautious about using hashtags on Instagram. Do not use what are possibly potentially mainstream or vanilla, for want of a better word, hashtags to bring people to your content that is not those things because you will bring... So say, for example, you post a picture of your like knickers and they're pink and it's an image that Instagram will let you have because you've got your knickers on and you're not like... You haven't got your hands... Don't If you put your hands in your pants, Instagram don't like... You can't have your hands in your pants on Instagram... Um, if you've got pubic hair showing, you can't have that on Instagram. Apparently pubes are like the devil's work. Um, but you hashtag your picture. That is actually okay. Um, and you hashtag it with the word pink. And as a result, people come to it who are not expecting to find you in your knickers. You will bring people to your door who you do not want at your Instagram door and they will report your image because they'll go, oh my God, she's in her knickers and she's linking to, uh, I clicked on her link in her profile and her stuff is pornographic. I'm going to report this content as being obscene. Even if it isn't, Instagram will just delete it. They don't care whether it is or it isn't. So be really cautious using what I call um, non-sex hashtags on Instagram and also... Sadly, mostly don't use the sex hashtags. Do some research on them because loads of them are shadow banned by Instagram. And for example, like I think BDSM community or something like that, one of those is super hard shadow banned. If you clicked on it, it basically says there's no content for it. So if you unwittingly use it, Instagram then just shadow bans you because they see that you're using hashtags that they have shadow banned as inappropriate content so you're effectively probably just getting yourself shadow banned so one piece of advice that i was given last year which was by somebody which was just like stop using hashtags on instagram if you are trying to promote that it's something that is in any way adult or sex related um you're less likely to get your account deleted and your post deleted and mostly that does seem to have worked you don't build your account so quickly but you also don't lose it. I've actually tried that tip in the past couple times on my Kinky Kayla Lords Instagram. I usually take pictures of my butt, but I haven't been wearing any cute panties to want to take pictures of my butt. So I've been taking pictures of other parts of my life, like my nails or my this or my that, and I haven't used hashtags. I've actually gotten better engagement on those posts. I, yeah. I think it's not because... Um, more people somehow are magically seeing me. I think it's because without using the hashtags, I'm not using hashtags that Instagram feels like they need to suppress. And so my actual audience, the people I'm connected to who are following me on Instagram have an opportunity to see it because if that shadow banning thing is accurate and I, I have no reason to doubt that. I think I've, I've seen a lot of what Molly describes myself. Um, 
it's probably one of those things that, oh, you're using those hashtags. We'll just make sure nobody sees you. And then maybe two or three people see you at all. Whereas with no hashtags, maybe it just gives your own audience a chance to see you. I don't know how true that is. It's a total guess, but I have tried that recently. The other thing I will say about hashtags, specifically on Twitter, two things. One, there are Twitter chats that occur around hashtags. Uh, yes. Set chat, Sex Talk Tuesday. I know there's others. Those are the two that come to mind. Um, those are a great way to get yourself kind of out in the community and get to know other people and gain followers on Twitter. Um, I had used to do sex talk Tuesday all the time. I just don't have the time anymore. Um, fet chat the same way. The time of day it occurs is not a time that is usually conducive to me being able to do it, but those are two great, um, ones to check out. I think sex talk Tuesday is still active. You'd have to check that one. But the other thing to think about with hashtags on Twitter is that some people themselves are shadow banned. So you can click on a hashtag and not see everybody talking about it. Or if you get shadow banned and it's not always easy to tell if you've been shadow banned, then it doesn't matter how much you use that uh, hashtag, people will not see you. So um, hashtags have a place and they can be decent and good, but they um, are definitely not something you want to solely rely on, especially in a day of shadow banning. So um, we did in the episode uh, from last week, uh, talk about writing guest posts. And like we said, we will probably do um, a thing on keywords just in general, because it's a bigger topic. Tweeting in general can help you. Um, but I think if you're going to tweet to you know, promote your content, know that you're tweeting to your audience already so that you're talking, so you're talking directly to a person instead of using tweeting to promote yourself to a wider audience. And I don't mean you should not tweet to promote yourself to a wider audience, but if you tweet as if you're talking to a person, a member of your audience, as if like you're just having a conversation, those tweets do better, I think, than the, this is clearly overly promotional and I've used three hashtags to try and reach a wider audience. That does not mean I don't do it. Of course I try to do it, but I gain more traction to content I've created when the tweet sounds like it's come from me, Kayla, the, you know, rambly, ranty, silly one, versus the overly promotional, here's how you do this thing, hashtag productivity. So just if you're going to use Twitter to promote your content, just remember to be a real person when you do it and don't try to overly rely on hashtags because they will fail you in multiple ways. So, okay, we're going to move to the next question. This one is from Haiku at 19 syllables on Twitter. Uh, I really like this question. Let's see if we can both do a quick no-nonsense answer as Haiku has requested. What is your quick no-nonsense answer to the so what do you do question when you're meeting people from outside the sex writing community? Uh, okay, so I don't like my, it really does depend on the environment and the people, to be honest, because there are some people where I would just say, um, oh, I write a blog. And of course, then they go, oh, what do you write about? Um, and then I would probably say something like, oh, I write about sex and relationships. Um, or my other one is, uh, you know, I organize a conference and then they say, oh, what is your conference about? And then I say, like, writing and blogging. 
So that like tends to go, oh, okay, that tends to put them off the scent. Um, but I am in a position where I can probably be more open than I would be. And so I've definitely had times where people have asked me and pushed for more answers. And I've been like, well, yeah, I write a sex blog. Um, they either go really and are like super interested or you can see they're like super creeped out and then they kind of like drift off and I don't find is either. So yeah, like you just have to be a little bit like, I don't like lie. I, as I said, I would just say, oh, I write a blog and then, you know, give them a like, what well, that I might think is like, it's just about okay. Uh, I do something very similar. So I get asked this question more often than I'd like by my vanilla world, the hairdresser, the dentist, the whoever. And my pat answer is always, I'm a freelance writer. And most people, they leave it there. There are always the nosy ones. So right now I still have a single vanilla client. I write about insurance. So I will then say if they press, oh, I write, uh, I write for websites that need content like insurance. And I then leave it at that. Most of the time they're now bored. Their eyes have glazed over. They've moved on. Um, I did get into a conversation the other day where I was actually mailing something out. It was a giveaway prize and it was a BDSM contract is what it was. And it's in the envelope. And the person says, oh, what are these workbooks? I thought we were done. Simple answer, not a lie. Oh, what are the workbooks about? Well, now I'm sweating because we're at the post office. This is a very kindly old man relationships. So uh, he did leave it at that. Thank God. I was like, if you go any deeper, you're about to hear what you don't want to know about. Just stop. Uh, but I always start with like, like Molly does the, uh, the basics. I'm a freelance writer. I'm a blogger. Um, I don't, I tend not to say that I do podcasting or YouTubing because somebody's going to ask what about and I just, I leave that alone. Um, but yeah, I, I only go in a little bit deeper when pressed. Many people won't really. They, in my experience, they just, maybe it's my demeanor. Maybe my resting bitch face helps me out. Cause I'm like, I'm a writer. <laughs> and then I look so serious about it. I've scared them. Uh, I highly recommend that if you have a resting bitch face, just use it. It, it does work wonders. Um, but I think the safest answer is relationships. And I don't volunteer information. If I am not comfortable knowing the person who's asking me, like, I don't know their stance on sex writing uh, or BDSM or whatever. I don't offer more information. I make them ask. And then I give very short answers. I'm great at a party. I really know how to network y'all. Um, so the <laughs> that's my, I'm a writer. I'm a business writer. I'm a, and now once, once I move away from that last client and that hopefully is happening very soon, um, then I'll just say, I write about relationships. That'll be my answer. I write about relationships right. and leave that there. Okay. Next question. And I will say, I already know this question is going to be a full episode. I've already put it on my calendar. It is from uh, Coffee and Kink at Coffee and Kink uh, on Twitter. Amy, wonderful blogger. Love her stuff. Have worked with her directly many times. Question is, how do I make Patreon work? Because I've had it for like three years and revamped it multiple times and still only make about $10 from it. Please advise. So... First, I'm going to tell you in, I think I have it down for March, there will be a full episode on this. I'm going to talk, I'm going to get down and dirty on how I think about this, but I will try to give some quick action item tips or things to think about right now. I have 
run one Patreon for Loving BDSM with John Brownstone, and then Molly and I run one together. First of all, uh, pro mm-hmm. tip, technically you're not allowed to have two Patreons. I am totally breaking the rules. Uh, we will figure that out so that, <laughs> just so you know. Um, I have learned a few things, so some quick tips. First of all, it is almost always about the numbers. The larger your overall audience, the better you do. And better is a subjective term. Um, Mm -hmm. I was doing the math today. If I assumed that everybody who follows blog, podcast, YouTube, and then social media is a unique person, which they're not, there's definitely some overlap. We're probably into the 25, 30,000 follower range once you add up all the numbers. Out of those, let's say 30,000 people, we have just over 100 patrons. Okay, that is like a half, it's like a percent, two percent, three percent. Like it's not a lot. The conversion rate on these things is very small. So you do have to look at for most of us, your total audience number, and then realize you're going to get just a fraction of that. So as your audience continues to grow, hopefully that will slowly grow as well. The other thing I've learned is it's about what you offer. And between the two Patreon accounts, two different things are being offered. And so there is success to be had in going different directions. There's no one exact way. That's the thing I really want you to know from answering this question in this episode. For Loving BDSM, we give people who become patrons more of what they like about us. So it took us a while to figure that out. We revamp every year. We focus on what are people saying that they love? What are people um, saying that they want more of? So we give them uh, more access to us. We give them, uh, we do things where we answer their questions just for patrons. Um, we bring them into the behind the scenes so they can see how we do things. And part of that is because before we really went all in on our Patreon, we were forming a community with our, uh, audience and that community of that community a fraction of a percent spends money to do more within that community. So I would say focus on building not just an audience of readership, the the raw numbers, but of your audience building a community. What is it that you offer that they want from you? I'm speaking directly to, to Amy of Coffee and Kink right now. Is it your sex toy reviews? Is it the advice you give about being poly and being kinky? Is it smut? It can be all of that. It can be none of that. What is it about you that is drawing people to you? What are they telling you? What are they messaging you about? Where are they giving you compliments on what you do? That's what you start to build your community outside of Patreon around. And then Patreon can become a subset of that community. It becomes sort of where your super fans lie. Those are the people who will pay money to you to help you make more of what you're already doing. And then from there, you figure out what you can give them as perks and tiers that they will pay for. And that, again, we're going to do a whole episode because it's a big topic. Now that I have with Molly, the Smutlancers Patreon, if you did not know, patreon.com slash the Smutlancers We built that one around providing a service, building a community, a very specific community, but also providing service. So join at the $5 a month level. And 
it up and you get access to a Slack group where you can talk about being a smutlancer. You can ask questions. You can engage with people who understand what it's like to do what you do without worrying about Twitter trolls, without worrying about what, you know, writing about it on your blog and then half your readers being like, I don't even understand this. It is a d dedicated community. But then we went, uh, we can do more than this. And so at the different tiers, you get more direct access and more direct advice to reach your Smutlancer goals. So uh -huh. at the $10 and up level, we do a group Skype chat where people come in and Molly and I are there and we answer questions and we chat about topics that are on their mind. And it's a place to just sort of learn more, learn from each other, but get more access to us. And then we go up in the tiers. And at the $25 level, you get 30 minutes with either Molly or myself in a month. And you can ask us, like, I'm working on this project. What do I do? It's a consultation, essentially. At the $50 level, that's our highest, is that, that's our highest tier, yeah. You get, yeah. you get both of us at the same time. So basically you get more, be careful what you ask for because you will get both <laughs> of our opinions. <laughs> but what we did was in that case, we went, who are we trying to serve? We're trying to serve other people who want to do similar things to what we're doing. We're trying to serve other Smutlanters. What can we offer that is va of value to them? And you can't possibly know that until you put it out in the world and see who reacts to it. And what we said was, uh, we think our knowledge is what's valuable. So instead of trying to field a hundred DMs from various sources, instead of trying to just write about it on our blog and hope we reach the people that we mean to reach, which we do still do that. And we're gonna be doing more of that going forward. We give our community direct access, not just to us, but to others who are going down the same path that they're going down. And that's the value that community defies the percentage numbers. And I say that because right now, as of recording, we have 16 members in our Smutlancers community. That is small. I like it right now that it's small. I want it to grow. Of course I want it to grow. Of course I want it to grow. But percentage wise, if you looked at just the Smutlancers numbers, we're definitely tracking more than 1%. The conversion rate's a little bit higher. If you add all of our numbers, both Molly's and mine combined, yeah, we're, we're definitely down at the fraction of a percent conversion again. <laughs> but um, from a Smutlancer branding perspective, we are above that sort of threshold of teeny tiny little drips and drabs from your, your total audience. And I think it's because we hit on the service that the people who follow us want. The people who follow the Smutlancer want to be or consider themselves to be Smutlancers. And so therefore the service provided by our Patreon is how to help them do that. And hopefully yeah. that's what we're providing. Um, so when you're putting your Patreon together, it's a part of thinking about what people love that you're already doing. Like they're telling you, they're commenting, they're sending you messages, they're emailing you, and maybe they're asking for lots of advice. I can't tell you how many tweets I see from people, content creators, who get upset by the questions that people send them. And we could have a whole conversation about that. I got thoughts and feelings. I could rant. We're not gonna. What I'm saying is, if you're getting a lot of that, all of those people who message you will not pay for that, but some people will. So what if your mm -hmm. Patreon is a place where you answer those questions. You provide that information that you don't have. You're not doing for free. You're not giving your labor away. 
it's sort of, it's not the kind of stuff you're necessarily going to blog about, but it's stuff people are looking to you for. Well, how do you harness the content you're creating, the expertise that you have, the authority you have within your community, the community you've built? Um, And I have so many thoughts. This will be a whole episode. Do not worry. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one thing I will say for anybody thinking about Patreon, uh, if you want to do anything with erotic imagery, picture, photographs, and video, I would tell you to probably don't (laughs) because Patreon has changed to be not as uh, adult friendly as they once were. Um, They don't say much about written content. I don't think they say they do much about, you know, erotic audio content. Girl on the Net runs an entire project, her audio porn through her Patreon. That's how she funds Mm -hmm. it. That's another way. What do you want to create that you need money for that other people want and will help contribute to it? Girl on the Net is a great example of doing something that benefits everybody and asking the people who care about it or care about her to help pay for it through Patreon. Um, Mm -hmm. But if it involves selling nudes or making um, sexy video clips, I would just say don't because Patreon might not find you at first, but the moment they find you, they will lock your account. They actually locked my Patreon, the Loving BDSM Patreon ages ago because I linked to Masturbation Monday. I didn't, I mean, it was just a link. It was actually linked to probably the least adult post on the site. It was about a giveaway. And they locked me down until I took that link down. So stick to live streams or audio uploads or written content or using it as a way to get people to pay and then connecting with them in various ways. Smut Lancer's Patreon, you pay through Patreon, but then you get access to Slack. You get access to us on Skype. We use other tools and we don't actually run everything through Patreon. So that is something to consider. We will talk more about this, but I think you have to, I think it starts with who are you trying to serve and what is it they really like about you? And that's where you start building. And then the rest is just the slog of building an audience and creating awareness and everything you're already doing with everything. Right. And you have to stop now. Because otherwise you're going to do your whole episode now. <laughs> I know I am. You know what would be, uh, what is probably not shocking to anybody who knows me. I've said a lot and I still have more to say. So that's why it's going to be its own episode. So, okay. We are going to end on a quick one that is fun. This is from Quinn Rhodes at On Queer Street on Twitter. Hi, Quinn. Uh, question. What is the most only in Smutlancer life task on your to-do list at the moment. The example Quinn gives is like, write about your most embarrassing butt plug stories. That's her example. Molly, I'll let you go first. What is your most only in Smutlancer life task on your to-do list? Well, I have a whole little booklet full of writing things like that. Your most embarrassing butt plug stories. Like, so I've got like a to-do list just of those things or like list of ideas so yeah there's there's all that um i think 
the the one that uh, like is on my list and i it literally every week gets transferred to my list again because i just seem to never have time for it and it's actually quite important is my about me page needs completely rewriting because it still basically says that i'm in a relationship and blah 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 and so yeah it's a massive thing that i just keep putting off like uh that is probably the one like yeah i must do it she's make kayla's making the face i I know i'm I'm wondering would it be appropriate to say does somebody need to top you into doing that i i got a guy um if you need if you need topping (laughs) services (laughs) yeah i just you know what it's and it's ridiculous as well i feel really shit about it because obviously i have done a uh podcast session about why your about me page is really important and then I'm like diddle daddling around over mine. I guess I just have feelings about it and I need to get the fuck on with it. I think that's totally legit and understandable. Yeah, because your About Me page was about a certain point of your life. And now that's changing. Yeah. And it's, yes, I think I think we're all going to have feelings when you when you change that. But like I said, I got a guy if you need a little <laughs> push. Uh, okay. <laughs> thank God I'm married to a man who's like, is, are you pimping me out again? Are you pimping me out as a top? Okay. Okay. So mine is a little less heavy than that. It is something that is on my to-do list every week. It shows up on Thursday, which is the day we're recording this episode. Um, and only in Smutlancer Life. One of my must-do, will get checked off when I complete items is I have to read everything for Masturbation Monday for this week. And yes, I make it a to-do list item because if it is not written on my to-do list, it does not exist. And then there I am like on Sunday going, oh my God, I didn't read Masturbation Monday this week. And I feel like crap. Or I'm doubling up the following week and that's a lot of content to read at once. So yeah, no other job or other life I've ever had has one of the items on my to-do list been read the smut. But read the smut is a legit to-do list item for me. Every Thursday, it goes on my to-do list. Okay, so that was fun. That was a little bit of rapid fire. I only went down a slight rabbit hole. I think I think I'm getting better. I think that's because I let Molly top me. See, this all works. We just we just you know, there's a lot of <laughs> topping going on. Um, so a few things. One. Anything that we said, we've already talked about this before, or we have more information about, will be linked in the show notes. So if you want to go down that rabbit hole and learn more, the information is there. We will link to it. Two, uh, on Patreon, I know it's a hot, hot topic for a lot, a lot of people. Um, That will be coming in March. We've got a calendar, a little content calendar I've already scheduled that I will record about it. Uh, I will probably not be able to hold back the ramble or the rant, but there we go. Uh, Three, if you're like, wait, what is this Smutlancer Patreon you mentioned? I have not heard of it. Yes, come join us. Patreon.com slash the Smutlancers with an S on the end. We are not considered adult content, so you can search Patreon and find us. If you just go to Patreon and find their little search bar and type in Smutlancer, you will find us. It is wonderful. Uh, I'm not used to being considered almost vanilla. It's kind of nice. Um, and so, yes, you can join us and you can get access to the things we provide every month. Molly and I get a little bit better about that. We decide on different tools and we find different efficiencies and 
yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. Um, so the, oh, and then the one last thing I will say is anytime you have a question, you do not have to wait for me to tweet out that I'm looking for questions at 6 a.m. my time before I've had coffee. You can just send those questions along. You can DM Molly, you can DM me, you can tweet at us, you can respond to the Smut Lancer newsletter, you can use the contact page at thesmutlancer.com. So many ways, ask your question. We add it to our master list, we will answer them. So, mm-hmm. and as you can tell, some of these questions inspire entire episodes where we will talk about these things more in more detail. So that is it for us this week. That was our mailbag episode. Thank you to everybody who submitted your questions. We appreciate you so, so much. And next week it's me by myself where I will sound sad for all of three seconds before I ramble without Molly there to go. You need to stop talking now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. y'all. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.